All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Latter-day Disillusionment. Today, I'm really excited to have on the call uh, a friend of mine that I met on an airplane going from Chicago back to Los Angeles, uh, shooting a short film, just doing something, you know, a passion project, and uh, I can tell you more about that another time, but uh, today we're, we're going to have Norman D. Golden the second, and uh, we'll get into this, and I'm just going to give him a call right now. Let's get him into this. Here he comes. Hey, Norman. How you doing? Good. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. I mean, all things considered, Jesus. Yes. Yeah, I was actually just thinking, and you know, in spite of everything that's happening, um, you know, above all else, I can say I'm pretty good. I have, you know, breath in my lungs. I'm able to breathe. I have, you know, family around, and you know, all the great things are what I'm really focusing on now. Um, you know, to keep to get me through all the stuff that's happening in this world. Jeez. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, dude, just to like, to kind of like boil it down and see what you do have instead of what you don't. Um, right. But, I mean, oh, dude, I, I've been really, really wanting to talk to you about everything going on, and I thought, well, it'd probably be good for other people to hear this through through my podcast, too. Um, yeah. And I just think, you know, we, I would just love to hear your perspective on things, and um so for everyone listening in, this is Norman D. Golden II, and uh, we uh, just happened to meet each other on a plane ride, like I was saying in the beginning of this podcast before I called Norman here, is uh, we, we met while, you know, flying on the plane back to Los Angeles from Chicago, I believe, right? Yeah, it was from Chicago, yeah. And that was when I was shooting this this uh, independent documentary about a couple LGBTQ uh, couple that um, are deciding to, you know, get engaged and uh, possibly get married. And anyway, so I was kind of in that whole thing. And then I start, I sit right next to Norman here and I didn't even know who he was. And I just start spilling my guts on him and he's like, whoa. <laughs> so <laughs> that happens. That happens a lot. Commandeer all you want, bro. This 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 episode's about you, man. So don't worry. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. I. I mean. I think. And I think that it's so cool that you know we, um, you know we met on the plane. You know this happens quite a bit. You know, in, in my in my case, where I meet people, and I'm sure you 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 can experience you've experienced this too, uh, Johnny. Where you know you meet people and then you exchange numbers and you're like, yeah, you're cool. Yeah, you're cool. You know, for that moment. Common, like we figured out we had common interests. I didn't say who 
to who I was because I normally don't, you know, walk around like saying, hey, I'm, you know, the kid from X, excuse me, XYZ movie, blah, 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 former child actor or I'm an entertainer. You know, I just, I'm, you know, with people for that moment, you know, however yeah. it turns out. Um, but anyway, you know, it, it was very interesting. I feel like I, even when we had lunch the first time we met up when we were back in L.A., you know, it was one of those things where, because you mentioned, you like, this is so cool that, you know, you said you would, you know, we would keep in touch and you actually called me and reached out. And that was, and I think at that point you still didn't know who, who <laughs> I had, was because I had no idea. Because <laughs> even after that, you were like, oh my God, I feel like such a jackass. And I don't know if it's because you, <laughs> you remember what you were saying at that lunch. <laughs> or what, but no, yeah, man, it was, was so funny. Dude, I got, I got struck by the stars, man. After that lunch, I was like, you're like, yeah, you know, it's because I was like in this movie or whatever. And I was just like, well, what, what, what movie could you have been in? And you're like, well, it's a Burt Reynolds movie, cop and a half. And I was like, <gasps> like brain just blew out the back of my head, man. I was like, what? so, and I'm so glad that even after all my craziness, you're still, you're still my friend. So, <laughs> what am I even doing here? Like, why is this guy even giving me a minute? All right, whatever. Yeah, let's do this. And, uh, man, <laughs> you, you, if anything, man, if anything, you helped me get through the hardest fucking shit of my life, dude. You gave me so much purpose and so much drive to get through those months wow. of hell, man. So, whew, yeah. I don't think you, uh, fully understand, but I mean, dude, it's, it's just, it was so cool. So for everyone listening in, me and just to kind of break the ice for you guys a little bit into what we're talking about, Norman's been uh, doing some self-production. He was in, he was in a childhood actor for, like I just mentioned, uh, Burt Reynolds movie called Cop and a Half. And we were kind of like cult followers of that movie as kids. Uh, we had it pretty much memorized. And uh, so, and then Norman, you've also been in other movies, uh, uh, several others I, I don't uh, recall right off the top of my head you don't have to name them if you don't want to yeah. you can always just refer people to your uh, uh, disco- wait discography no yeah just, just go to just go, just go to IMDb there just you go, go. filmography filmography what am I saying yeah. yeah there you go 
So, but, uh, and then he, then he asked me, uh, to help produce this, uh, this mini series that he's been, you know, just struggling to get self-produced. And I was like, dude, I've got this time, you know, to, before I moved to Sweden that I really just really, really want to do something that I could sink my teeth into. And I, and I think it worked out really good. And I think we got something pretty cool shot and edited and output and, so we'll have to we'll have to send you some links. Anyone who's listening in the want, would like to see that, uh, but uh, just at another time. But anyway, so just yeah, like it's it's such an honor to to have you on the show, Norman. It's an honor to be able to work with have worked with you, and and I really hope we can work together again on something of anything of any kind. I mean, yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah, that that's definitely my my goal and desire as well. You know, when you it's so funny because when you were like we worked on that and it was such a seamless production, you know, mm. um, and that usually doesn't happen in the world of production. Usually, every production has its its flaws or whatever. I mean, that one was without was not without its flaws or whatnot, but for the most part, it was a really great time working with you. And then you know you have to like you're, you're you're off to sweet and i'm like as soon as i find excuse me a producing partner ah, excuse me <laughs> that i can like actually work with this dude decides to leave the freaking country okay so just <laughs> just my luck dude no worries <laughs> it is it is all an experiment right now in sweden man trust me like yeah it's all like I what bet. are we even doing you know but i think there's so much to be learned even in the six months we've been here it's just man my life has changed forever even in just six months and i i'm like all right i'm just gonna you know give this some time and uh and i i think i'm gonna keep pumping these vibes out across the world especially into the u.s about hey man your tax money should be doing way different things than it is like your lives should be way better than they are like you don't even know how you guys are being taken advantage of um Anyway, so that's that's kind of like a little bit of side note on that, but dude, I mean, the minute we have a good production or some some project, you know, I'm there for sure. So anyway, oh, yeah. but and yeah, no, no, I was just gonna say, and and you know, I, I share the sentiment. Like, I mean, I feel like anytime you know, I have an opportunity to work with you on something, you know, as I grow and I build and you know, make things happen, you know, even for myself or with other projects that I, I have going on, I definitely, you know, out of everybody, out of a lot of people that I worked with, and this is even, you know, I, I don't want to scare you a little bit, so I hope, I hope you're bracing yourself on your chair, wherever Fair you me. are. I'm sitting I've worked down. with some professional people. I've worked with some professional people out of everybody that I, I mean, you know my body of work, and out of everybody that I've worked with, I have to say, man, you know, your, your creativity, your professionalism, um, your talent, your skill, like, you, it was really, it was great to work with you, and that, that's like, I, I want this guy on my team, like, we, we want, we need to, we need to do more things, more collaboration, you know, in the future, um, not only from the technical standpoint, but just the actual vibe, I mean, even with, I don't know if you remember when we had lunch, the last day of, um, shooting, you know, we were wrapping up. Oh, yeah, Outback Steakhouse, right? Oh, Norman. Hold on, let's see how this comes through. We have a technical difficulty. (laughs) Norman. Hello? 
Hello? I'm with, uh... Oh, Norman. You just dipped out. Are you there? I'm Hollywood. Norman. Oh, I got to call him back. Pause for technical difficulties. And I promise we will get into, we will get into the meat of this, uh, of this, uh, podcast episode. I promise. So bear with me. This is just really, really fun. And we'll, we'll get there. Something happened. He caught the corona. No, I'm just kidding. I shouldn't joke about corona. Okay, sorry. <laughs> oh, no. While this is ringing, um, yeah, just when I met Norman... I had no idea that he was such a famous childhood actor that I, I definitely was one of his biggest fans. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And um, so it's just really cool to have, you know, before leaving Los Angeles, we were able to at least work with, I was able to at least work with someone le- legitimate with who had um, actual experience, actual fame. And it was just really fun to, it's just so cool to meet a, an actor that you really love and also realize that he is actually just as cool, if not cooler in person than you thought when he was, you know, on in movies or whatever. I don't know what's happening right now. Let me, uh, let me cut this and, and see if I can get him back on here. I'll be right back. Okay. This should work now. So let's see. Thank you so much for bearing with us. You guys listening in. It's, it'll all sort itself out, I think. Hey. Hey, hey. Got you back. Hey. Yeah, man, this, you know, (laughs) signal stuff, 5G stuff, I think, is causing a lot of this, you know, I have my conspiracy theory about all that, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I, 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 as you can see how I'm, you know, choosing my words correctly, because there are a lot of choice words that I want to say right now, but I won't do that, because, you can be, yeah, this is quite a, this is quite an open, open podcast, uh, it's not for kids, so, I mean, you just do I, and I say, don't, I, I don't want to suddenly have a heart attack because I've spoken ill of the 5G network and the conspiracy surrounding <laughs> the whole network. So I was just oh, man. Doing that. All right. All right. <laughs> I give you that. Yeah. So, um... Just in case, you know, Big Brother's listening in. Oh, man. Who knows, right? Yeah. Jeez. Man, So, yeah. but... So, yeah. Like, I feel, like, super stoked and how you just... You just have like good things to say about me that's just so nice man and i and i want to introduce i want to give the floor to you though like through this this podcast and um 
So tell me a little bit about, tell everyone about yourself, like kind of like your, where you're at. And then, um, I mean, this episode, we're obviously, you know, focusing in more about like Black Lives Matter, about systemic racism, things, you know, your perspective on everything and, and maybe some, some kind of like, yeah, we're just looking to process this like together. Like, how can we, how can we find, see through all this fog right now? And, um, and I, I would love to get your perspective on that, but let's just kind of like go into like your experience where, where you grew up and, and, uh, where life has kind of led you. And that's such a, I don't know. I've always, that question has been very interesting to me. Like, tell me, tell me about yourself. Like, I I don't even know, like what, where to, where to start. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, I'll do my best. Um, I, you know, I began, you know, from a professional standpoint, you know, I began my acting career very early in life. I was uh, six years old when I um, had the opportunity to attend a commercial uh, workshop here in L.A. Um, and from there, you know, I mean, from expressing interest, you know, at an earlier age uh, about, you know, being an actor and, you know, just anything theatrical my parents being as supportive as they were, you know, always supported and nurtured that idea. And I was able to have that opportunity to go through the workshop, which was basically the springboard for my career. Um, from there, you know, I was able to, you know, launch a professional acting career, did did a few commercials, you know, was on it was a was a uh, regular series regular on a TV show that actually was canceled before I could actually become be actually the series regular. Um, interesting mm. situation. Uh, won't go into that because you know for the sake of time and what we're here for. Um, but through all of that, you know, I was able to enjoy um, a, a career, a child acting career that I'm really proud of. I mean, a lot of the parts, the roles that I played were in movies that you know really spoke to a lot of what's going on you know, what's going on today, you know, the situations behind, you know, what we see now with Black Lives Matter. I mean, I did a movie um, called the, you know, the boy who painted Christ black, where I played this boy who painted a a, a black Christ set in 1940s, you know, uh, Georgia. Really? If anybody's familiar with, yeah, which if anybody's familiar with, you know, when I say that, if you're familiar with the era and, and, you know, when I say that, you understand exactly what kind of a controversy that could have or would have caused. No kidding. Um, a, yeah, a, a black kid painting a Christ, you know, in his his you know image, and my characters. Uh, uh, there was a monologue that I did in that that particular movie. You know, he was talking about you know how it, you know it makes sense for black for Christ to have been a black man because of how kind he was and how mm. you know he cared about human rights and he was you know he was willing to give you know his life and you know sacrifice so that everybody could be free and he's like you know my character is saying i've never seen any white person be that kind they've been you know terrorizing us as from what i've seen in my you know nine years on this planet um so i say all that to say like you know those are the parts you know for america's dream then i did a, a, a movie with oprah the called there are no children here which you know she focused on, you know, this family that lived in, you know, Chicago housing projects, but it was still much more of a commentary on how young black men are, you know, for the most part, very smart, very talented, very, you know, they have 
a lot of promise, but but their environment, you know, takes that away from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're they're often left with no support. You know, if the mom is trying to work just to keep the lights on and keep food on the table, you know, she has a lot of children. You know, she's often judged for that. You know, you have you know the conservative white folks saying, well, you know, she shouldn't have had all those kids if she can't afford them and all this other stuff. You know, but it. it there's a flip side to that and you know she has a kids why, why can't she get you know a job or you know keep a stable relationship so that her kids can have a bright future like everybody else because there's white people that have a lot of kids too and they don't they're not faced with the same um socioeconomic issues that you know uh this woman was facing that that movie was actually based on a book which was based on a true story um, so yeah, my, my work, I feel over time has, you know, even as a child actor, I mean, I really was a part of some, some deep, uh, some deep projects that explored the, um, the issues of, you know, racism and, you know, all the stuff that we're, we're faced with. And it just occurred to me actually the other day, um, cause I was going through, you know, my body of work, you know, as I, cause I just released a, a film, actually a short film called misperception and it's interesting because it actually tackles this issue with you know uh the black community and law enforcement um this movie this film was was shot three and a half years ago and i feel like it's interesting it was shot three and a half years ago but it's so timely in its release wow Um, plan to release it you know this year um but through all of that like i feel like you know in general like i said um, you know my body of work really really speaks to um to uh to what's what's been going on i'm really proud of that i, I feel like i actually lost my train of thought i was gonna go, gonna go somewhere but excuse me for that um, <laughs> no this happens yeah, to me I mean, all I, the time wanna, don't worry but i yeah. i think uh, just kind of regroup your thoughts maybe for a sec because i think mm-hmm. i think that's really powerful like what like what you've experienced like is is really i mean man that must have been like solidifying to you of like to be a change, a person that, that enacts change because you, you played yes. those parts. You, you took yourself through those experiences to get into character, to get into the, get into the role. And then you, mm-hmm. that role becomes a part of you and you feel like you feel like that person is you. I think as an actor, yes. you just start to be like, no, yeah. like I care about what this person cares about. I cry because this person's crying about, what's really their reality and i can't believe Mm -hmm. that this is even real like how the hell anyway yeah yeah and actually thank you for thank you for that that comment and and actually did kind of bring me back to jack you know jack my memory and my thoughts of where i was headed with you know what i was as i was telling you about myself okay good yeah do it (laughs) go for it um so i did a, a, a documentary as part of a documentary called Slave Ship that was on Discovery Channel back in 97, I want to say, um, which ties into, you know, my my work that I'm, I'm actually doing now um, with, you know, filming this movie Misperception and then, you know, to a lesser extent, like even with Hollywood Kid, I mean, that was, you know, comedy and it's, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, web series that's that's gonna be you know funny and you know it has all these quirks and stuff in it. 
but it's still that commentary on what it's like to be, you know, an African-American artist, you know, in the industry and, you know, maybe not necessarily forgotten about from the fans, but it's like, well, you know, in, in this industry, you're only as good as what you've done lately, but they forget about, you know, and I, of course I'm reminded by my fans, like, wow, man, you did some incredible work. Like you worked with some legends and, you know, I mean, I've even had people to go as far as to say that I am a legend myself. I know I'm still kind of sitting with that one myself. <laughs> I <laughs> think, honest, dude, I don't know trust just... me, man. When I found out I was sitting next to the kid and freaking cop and a half, I was like, yep. Yep. Anyway, wow. but yeah, yeah, no, it's. But I mean, love it. it's you know, you know that aside. Like I feel like it's you know my 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 work and like my work with, uh, or my my uh, releasing this this short film entitled Misperception. Like that's definitely it's it's a project that has turned into more of a movement for me because I feel like as an actor, as an artist, as a writer, as a producer, all of that. Those are the types of projects that I really want to see my teeth into something that's speaking to a larger audience or speaking not not a larger audience but speaking to a larger cause or issue you know because it's real easy i mean we talk about racism like you know in del- getting now delving into excuse me what we're what we're here to talk about you know i feel like we're only scratching the surface of the bigger issue or of several several more poignant issues of the actual, uh, I would say, concept of racism, you know. Yeah. And the more, like, you know, because historically, you know, what happens is, you know, we've had all these things happen, and that's, you know, from certain people's perspective, typically white people or even people that are of color but maybe not black it's like well that stuff happened but you guys you know have had an opportunity to like you know you're free now and you've got you know michael jordan Oprah Winfrey, bill cosby and well i mean see what happened to him but that's a whole nother story oh, yeah. um anyway you have like all these people that are have been successful so like you know it's you guys are the problem where you you can't rise above and you know Oof. um be, you know, be successful. Like it's it's your problem. Like racism has become a black problem, and I'm like, you know, no, not necessarily <laughs> because it was never our problem to begin with. You is it is it black actually, people that run the KKK? Is it black people that like? I mean, uh, like, well, and when you when you look at the when you look at the at, when you look at the idea of slavery or the actual the reality of slavery and how you know Africans were. Black Africans were brought from, or Africans were brought from Africa to be to be enslaved. You know that that concept of okay, well, I mean, because there were white indentured servants that could work their way to freedom at some point. But it, this idea was 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 spawned in that okay, well, if we had, if we could identify who, who was the slaves and who were free people, oh, the color of the skin. If you're black, then you're slave. You're less than. You're three fifths human. You're not us. Right. So. From that idea or that concept, you know, that which turned into a 300 plus year situation leading us to everything that has happened now, you know, it's and I've been saying this, like I've had a chance to talk to other people about this. And, you know, it's like it's racism is something that has been ingrained in our DNA. 
Mm. You know, and I say it's ingrained in our DNA because 300 years of oppression and anti-blackness and all that kind of stuff, you know, those those habits, like I was saying in one of my other conversations, is like, you know, it takes 21 days to create a habit. So you, we've had 300 years, you know, to get used to the idea that black people were inferior. Yep. You know, and then we've had these laws that were passed that would supposedly break that cycle, but... 300 years is a long fucking time, excuse my expression, to like <laughs> all, all of a sudden start to think, st- starting to think that, oh, well, yeah, you know, yeah, you're cool, you're welcome, you're equal. And here's the deal. There are a lot of white people that understand exactly what I'm talking about. And they're like, it's always been ridiculous. And I am an ally because, I, you know, this is what it is. But then there are a large part, you know, what, what gets me is sometimes, you know, you're having conversations with certain particular, you know, certain white people that could be on the fence about their own responsibility or their identity or how they identify with racism. And, you know, you get those questions where, you know, it's like, well, what if I, um, cause I actually had someone, you know, hit me up on, on Instagram. Um, and you know, she's like, well, what if, you know, I, it's almost like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, you know, if I'm, saying that you know i don't see color oh because it was in response to it to a post that i had on there and it was you know when, when you say that phrase i don't see color and there's like five different things that you're actually saying when you say i don't see color yeah you know you're basically saying like i don't acknowledge you as i don't acknowledge your struggle i don't i don't acknowledge not even just the struggle but i don't acknowledge you as a human being because face it johnny you and i we're we're humans but we look differently we look different, and that's look, okay. I mean, it's true. You look better than me. I know. Like, keep, uh, stop know, bringing it up. I, it hurts. Okay. I wasn't gonna. Okay? You're the better looking one. Since you, <laughs> since you brought it up, I mean, I can't disagree. <laughs> 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 you know, I'm not trying to be the pompous dude over here. You know. You you be that pompous thing. dude, man. You <laughs> earned it. You look so much better. Anyway, no. So yeah. So we but, look different. But, yeah. So, but when you so, say you that. Know, so, so when you know there and those, these are things that are like you know, you know it's like well, I'm just trying to be like because I know like racism is not like I'm saying that out of the, the 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 goodness of my heart and it's like but that's not what I, as a black person I'm not asking you to say things out of the goodness of your heart I'm asking you to really understand what the issue is and the issue is what I think people are painting over is that. Racism is something that is systemic. We kind of already got to that, but this is the, but the system is. It's old. It's eons. Oh, it's ages. It's hundreds of years old. So in order to break that cycle, it's going to take more than just a couple of years. It's going to take more than laws being passed for people to really understand that it's not about laws being passed. It's what is in your heart. What is in your mind about how you feel about a, a certain group of people? Yeah, because it's been force fed to you through your ancestors that black people are inferior. Oh, look at them. Yeah, those gangsters. They're killing each other. They're this. They're that. And it's like you don't even know what you're talking about. You don't know that, you know, gang culture, it came out of, you know, the Black Panther Party. The Black Panther Party came out of a need for, you know, the black men in the community to protect their women and children because we were being terrorized by who? The police. Wow. White supremacists. All of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? And then oh. the Black Panther Party, once that was dismantled by the powers that be, gang culture arise out of the younger guys being just totally disenfranchised having been disenfranchised and angry at the system that they're like you know what fuck everybody yeah so i'm just gonna start you you pissed me off boom pow i'm gonna kill you 
because I'm mad. Yep. And no one has addressed that. So therefore, we have a community of people that have turned against their own, against themselves because of this systemic racism that has been allowed to persist for ages. And then you got these white people that have come out and they'll be like, oh, well, yeah, you know, I want to help. But you're not even listening to me to, for me to tell you how I'm going to, you're going to help so that you can feel better about yourself. Right. And that's not what this is about. Right. I, I hear you on that, man. Like, and I think, I think religions have, there's, there's so many layers deep of this systemic religion, uh, racism. Oh. And, and we do see it <laughs> even further back than three or 400 years. I mean, this is really, this is really like a very old, old struggle, which, but yes. it doesn't mean that it's justified to continue to just be like, well, this is just a part of life. <laughs> you're like, no, exactly. no, no. Nope. No, no, no. But what I think about it was like coming out of Mormonism, for example, for me has been enormously earth shattering. Like you heard all of the shit that I was going through when I was going <laughs> yeah. through it. And, yeah. you know, it, it just it just rocked me that I could ever have been lied to in so many fundamental ways in my life. And and mm-hmm. and even my own sister is half Polynesian and I was trying to reconcile in my brain how is she going to become white one day like because the Mormon religion has this little book called the Book of Mormon that they Mm -hmm. say is the most correct book on earth (laughs) and in it (laughs) it says that people that were that were wicked were marked with this skin a dark skin color and and the righteous or uh, they would eventually become white. Like, the darker-skinned, you know, folk of the, the North Americas were were preached to by the white, you know, righteous side of the of this race battle. And, and mm-hmm. then once they accepted, you know, the quote-unquote truth or gospel, they would then, over generations, become white and delightsome it, it even that's the exact quoting and so <clears throat> i mean white and delightsome is the quote so i just think like coming out of this this super super systemically racist doctrinally racist uh um i call it a cult but we'll just say religion to be nice but um this religion <laughs> Is is yeah. that it just latched on to a bigger problem and it, and it made things worse, right? Uh-huh. And all they were really doing were just kind of catering to the, the masses of other white supremacy. And then they're like, yeah, but we'll we'll go a step further and we're gonna you know look for ways to kind of like justify our really um, unrest feelings about slavery and, and about just the truth. The, the truth of history, like that this is the thing. And how do we justify this waving a, a Christian cross all over the place, but yet doing these horrific things to people? Things. Yeah. yeah. So how do we do it? It's like, well, we can just, we can just make ourselves feel, feel good by talking to God in a big stone castle and come up with these, these uh, things he says. And, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously it's because, and this is cuts even deeper. It makes you feel even more fucked as a black person is that, um, that your skin color depends on your faithfulness as a spirit before you came to fucking earth. Yeah. And I'm like, what? So like, how am I, if I were black, 
how would I be able to live my goddamn life like with any sort of peace knowing that I was not as faithful as a white person on earth right. like that I would just feel from damned to damned to damned to hell damned. Mm-hmm. and then eventually yeah. hopefully if I just suffer my whole life I'll be able to be on hopefully the same level as the good white people who were so so worthy and so faithful in the pre pre-mortal existence they call it yeah fuck dude yeah. fuck and then you know and so and and how that is often spinned you know and uh, those are great points that you brought up you know johnny and you know how that is often spinned into you know modern times of you know talking about how black people treat each other and the black on black crime and how more there's more black men that are killing each other and their families or whatever the case um you know it's often you know, you, you take once, one or two or three or maybe even five situations and then that becomes the entire race. That's the representation of what black people are about. You know, when I know, I mean, I've lived, I've lived my life as a black man for 36 years. <laughs> well, my life as a black person for 36 years. And, you know, I can I can say that, you know, I've seen both. I've seen, you know people and people are people do you have some people whether you're black white mexican chinese whatever you have people that are you know they're like okay you you've got some issues they they're they're the way in which they they act some of the things that they do is just you may you may not agree with it but then you have those people that are just they're good people like you johnny happen to be a good person because that's just your that's how you you strive to be that you know what I'm saying? And you're not without, none of us are without our flaws, but that's not what we're really talking about. What I'm saying is, you know, with everything that is black, it is often like, you know, like you kind of alluded to, like we're, we're under that, you know, you're just, yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're bad or you're flawed or you're inherently. Right. So yeah. how does, how does a person, I mean, and, and, this may sound a little funny, but I'm sure you can get get me when I say that because of all that. I mean, I happen to be very proud to be a black man because, hell, even with all of that stuff that's going on, I can still hold my head up high, you know, from an authentic standpoint and say, well, that's what they say about me, but they don't know me. Yeah. I've proven in my life, in my lifetime that, you know, I'm I'm not the stereotype, mm. no matter how hard I've been try, I've been, you know people have tried to push entities have tried to push me into that that area you know i've managed to to rise above it i mean i owe a lot of i give a lot of credit and i i give a lot of um uh i have a lot of gratitude for my parents and that they were very instrumental in making sure that i knew who i was where i came from and that you know i was not the system Mm. You know, so I think we, you know, as black people, we've we've had to overcome a lot of that just from a from an innate perspective, because otherwise, I mean, we would be, you know, if we succumb to the, the, the shit that we go through on a daily basis, just some just simple things of, you know, people looking at you kind of crazy or, you know, the, you, you've heard the, the, the age old stories of, you know, people clutching their purses or locking their doors or looking at you funny and, you know, even to the calling the police because you're sitting in the park and they don't want you there yeah. or they feel threatened. You know, we've been able to rise above all of that, um, you know, just knowing that, you know, I am 
I am a person. I am a. I am a a, a, a spiritual being that you know nobody can fuck with. Yeah. You can try, but you know I know who I know who I am. Period. Yeah. You know, and that's 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 that. It, it takes a lot of uh, you know. We are definitely a resilient people. You know, but I, I feel like at this point it's time out for us having to rely on that on our own resilience you know and for other people to you know because my 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 biggest thing is i mean we can talk about racism we can talk about religion we can talk about the flaws of both the systematic shit and all of that but at the end of the day we all have to well, we don't have to, but I feel like it would make for a much better society if we realize that, yes, we're different. I might not like your differences. You might not like mine. However, if we gave it a chance, we might could learn something from our differences. We might learn to appreciate and celebrate those differences. Yeah. You know, I might, I might like what Johnny and his family, if they have certain traditions, I might be able to like, be like, okay, that's, that's, that's cool. That's funny. That's fun. That's this, that's that. Not for me or... Even if it's not for me, like I have my own traditions, but I can respect and admire, yeah. you know, what their traditions are because they, you know, that this is my friend and I, you know, I, I respect him yeah. and, and vice versa. Whereas with black folks, we've always, we've been, you know, it's been like, well, you know, you've got to get with our traditions and anything that you're doing is standard. It's not right. Mm-hmm. You know, like what you were just, what you were just talking about. So, you know, but like I said, I feel like it's these conversations are great to, to, you know, to, to start, you know, putting in the, or not putting in the minds, but like, you know, generating a sense of, okay, I, I understand that, you know, we, we, what we've been subject to is screwed up and it's time to really reshape our thinking. You know, yeah. it, it, it's yeah. certainly, it's certainly, you know, it's not an overnight thing. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I, I have no problem with that. I feel like what I'm doing with, you know, tying back into what I'm doing with my, my, my creativity, you know, like I said, I did this film and usually it's a film, it's a project. It's like, yeah, this is something that's cool. Like it means something to me, but now this is, this is definitely more, more of a movement for me than just, oh, I want to make this film and, you know, get it sold as a, as a, as a limited series and, you know, make some money on it and, you know, it'll be great. It's like, no, I mean, this, this is a commentary that needs to be um, seen and heard globally. Yeah, this is like your this is like your offering, your 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 shove. Absolutely. This is your personal yeah. push on the yes. on the movement. Yeah, because I mean, you're either part of the problem or the solution. I'm yeah. certainly not a fan of being part of anybody or any any problem. You know what I mean? Right. I think that I'm a lot more effective in being part of that solution so here's my offering yeah you know you go to church or you go to a, you know your religious organization and you you provide an offering well here's my offering with my artistry yeah yeah and and let's let's oh dude i love it i'm so glad you're you're doing that shit man because i i i think <clears throat> i think like all we can do all we can do is is what we i mean that's great that's i think that's what we all should be doing right and and I hope that, like, through all this, like, crazy shit, that people can just see, like, hey, this is fucked up, and that's, we are, or we will have no more of these, these deaths, fuck you. Yeah. Like, do not fucking shoot someone for being drunk, 
and sleeping in their car in a Wendy's parking lot. Right. Fuck yeah. you. You fucking shall not do this. Fuck you. The guy yeah, didn't, absolutely. he wasn't fucking armed. He was fucking drunk. Fuck you. Stand down, Mr. Police Officer. I know, I know you're probably terrified as shit to go to work right now. Trust me, but fuck. Don't pull your firearms out. Like, you're gonna, yeah. you're gonna take a fire that's contained, kind of, and you are gonna blow through the forest with a flamethrower, you fucking idiot. Like, just chill the fuck out, but it's just so hard. Here come the fuck words, because I just can't handle... <laughs> I can't handle I this. Like, yeah, when I, I see it. another black person it. shot just for a fucking little thing, it it makes me just unbelievably disturbed and upset. And I'm I'm thousands of miles away in Sweden, just like tearing my hair out. Like, yeah. how 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 can a police officer not think of the whole? How can they be yeah. so selfish and think, well, no, I I got to take people to to is their responsibility to, school. to do so? You know. It's their it's the police officer's responsibility to, you know, I mean, well, they say they have this moniker, serve and protect, you know, but it's interesting history, you know, even behind, you know, uh, the police force in which, you know, a lot of the energy behind having, you know, police officers was, you know, when slavery ended, you know, they were, you know, it kind of morphed from, you know, the overseers, you had the masters and you had the overseers. And so the overseers were, were, you know, the ones that kind of morphed into the, you know, wearing the badge to keep all the free black folks, you know, in, in, in check, you know, so when you have that kind of energy, you know, that's why when it's like knowing your history and, and, and not allowing the powers that be to try and erase it and, you know, little by little dumb it down, because when you know what you're dealing with, when you know where you're coming from, then you know you can see where you're going and you can know what you're dealing with. So what I mean by that is this: there's a there's a, a symbol. Uh, it's, a, it's an African symbol, and it was it's a, it's called the Sankofa bird. And what that that bird has, it's flying forward, but its beak and its neck is looking backward. So this, mm. what that means is you got to know where you came from to know where you're going. Mm. Got to know where you came from. Excuse me. Let me rephrase that. Know where you came from to know where you are and where you're going. Okay. Because it's past, present, future. So, with that said, you know that goes back to what I was saying before. Everybody's like, you know, let's pass some laws so that the, the police people won't be able to do what they're doing. Well, if that police officer is under the impression that you know when I go out there, you guys, because you'll hear hear guys and police officers say this, you guys don't know what we deal with. You know, and we deal with crazy stuff all day, blah, 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 blah. And that might be true. I don't, I'm not going to say, because they do. I mean, police officers see some heinous shit, some things that, you know, the average person probably would not even be able to stomach. So right. I get that. However, you know, knowing that the energy and the karma, you know, behind the, the you know, the police office, the police force, you know, as an entity, where that came from, you know, they have a tremendous tremendous responsibility you know what i mean yep. to you know understand that yes i'm here to to take down the criminal element or whatever but that that situation that you just described that is not what you are designed to do because this man is not a criminal he's in his he's drumming I mean, here's a here's another scenario he could he could drive home drunk knowing that he's drunk 
and kill a family on his way home. Right. What's worse, him sleeping in a Wendy's parking lot drunk, right? Right. Or killing a family. Right. So the ability to respond to certain situations like that has to be higher. Yeah. There has to be, yeah, and, and of course, if we have the police force, then there's a, there's a, a higher um, demand or a, a higher accountability that we, we expect from them. And that, that, that word responsibility is your ability to respond to whatever situation you're given, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel like that that has been, you know, we, we, we don't have the ability to respond to certain things because we don't really know what we're responding to because we don't know ourselves. We don't know our history. It's all been covered up and we've been, been sh- you know, sh- things have been shoved in our face, you know, to accept that, you know, society is black and white. White is the standard. Black is okay, but it's not as good if it's not, you know, trying to be like the white people or trying to be like the white entity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, interesting thing, going in, back into the, the Hollywood landscape. Go for it. Recently. Yeah, um, I'm That's not interesting. sure if you're familiar with, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the, the show Living Single. Oh, I think um, I've heard of it, but there's so okay, well, much stuff sh- out there now. Yeah, I'm like, there's a show called Living Single that was out in the '90s. I think it was on for like five seasons, and you know, it was an all-black cast, and it was about you know people like young thirty-somethings living in New York. You know, they had their careers, they had their you know relationship, love lives, and you know, just a lot of things that you know were were happening with that show to to expose you know like black culture or you know celebrate black culture in particular uh queen latifah was at that she was one of the stars um i believe she produced it for a few seasons or maybe she did she was actually one of the the eps for the entire show i'm not really familiar with that the details of that but then you have friends that you know that came out actually after living single and just recently uh david trimmer was saying that you know it's and I don't know what he was trying to do, but, you know, he's like, well, there should be, you know, one, you know, we should have a, we should have an all black friends or something, something to that effect. And so <laughs> Eric Alexander, who was actually one of the stars of Living Single, saw that. And, you know, the story behind that, she was doing an interview and I think she, she happened to, that happened to come across her, um, her timeline or whatever and she saw him you know like making this video and he was saying like yeah you know we there should be an all black friends and he's like well so her response was it was and it it was called living single and in fact it actually came out before friends and it was on the same network so the interesting part about that was the fact that david didn't know he seemed to have not known about living single or if he did he forgot because it probably wasn't that relevant to him Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so the standard, his standard was there should be a black friends when really friends was a white living single. Mm. You see, you see how that works? Oh yeah. Dude, friends, dude, that is like at, par for the course, man. The, the white, yeah, and white at, culture generally you, looks for the, the very best of black culture and then they scoop up, scoop it up and yeah. then don't give anyone the credit. You know, Mr. Bojangles being right. one of the, oh, Anyway, when I when I went to tap class, dude, I I took tap 101 and I had never been more appalled about segregation, about just the reality of realities of what we're talking about. I just thought, what the 
fuck? Like, how is Sammy Davis Jr. not, like, being... Anyway, so, dude. Dude! Anyway. Yeah, Yeah, so, you know, you, you look at situations like that and you go, you know, of course... You know, social media, the social media world had a had a field day with that. You know, and, and you know, the nature of human beings. Some people were trying to make this man embarrassed, and you know, like they they you know they gave him the business for it. You know, but the thing is, is like, I get it that they people would be like, yeah, man, you should have known, blah blah. Because I mean, quite naturally, you should have, especially being in that world. But it's that's how easy it is to fall into you know like i said that systematic racism and for him to think that friends was the standard and that and it is interesting because if you look at the two shows living single was successful i mean it, it it did okay but in comparison you know friends blew up i mean these these people are they'll never if they decide to never work again in their lives they're straight they're 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 straight for generations oh, based yeah. on you know the amount of money they were paid the um, fame I mean, the, you know, the, the fame, things the, that he can license the, now and, and yeah, uh, be called I mean, in for. I mean, yeah, you know, and, and once again, it was a concept that was very similar to Living Single. But the people, the cast of Living Single can't, you know, they're they're like, I need to I need to keep working because, I, you know, Living Single is not paying my bills like friends are for those guys. Yeah. You know, so that though, therein lies. This, the, the issue when you want to talk about dismantling racism, when you want to talk about, you know, what needs to be done, it's things like that, that, you know, we need to start talking about. Otherwise, so, it's like, you know what, it's like, should it get off the pot? I mean, if we're really not going to go there, then, you know, honestly, and, you know, this is just me being, you know, obviously, I don't, I don't really believe this, but it's like, if we're really not going to get to the point, just business as usual, because all this, like, well... Yeah, let's try and touch on it. You know, we'll change some laws. Or we'll start, you know, you have all these companies talking about we stand with black lives. All right, that's cool for you to say, for you to say you stand with black lives. Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Because, you you know, black people, the black community needs a lot more than people saying that they stand with us. Then actually do it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. For you and I, for for an example, you know, you didn't. It's a perfect example of what I just said. You could have been like, ah, oh, well, you know, this dude, whatever, da da da. And I mean, it just so happened that you were a fan of my work, but you know, and that that may have played, you know, like obviously you were excited to work with me, but it wasn't a black white thing. It was like, yo, let's let's do a project, let's create. Yeah. I mean, we had I, a I common interest, you. you know. Yeah. If, yeah, you, if we, you weren't into we, film, it would have been like, okay, well, you know, you're still a nice guy and we were able to talk and you know cool yeah what i'm saying is when we were when we were when we were working together it became about the project which is how i was saying before we got disconnected earlier like how we were you know we were at lunch and you know you were talking about certain things and you know certain aspects about you know what we were doing and just kind of brainstorming and we you know out of that that lunch break we came up with this concept that really tied everything together that's that now that's pure collaboration Mm. you know that is you know teamwork that's how things you know and then you look at the finished product like that's what you can do when people get outside of their well you know i don't know if i want to work with him because you know blah 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 blah. and it basically boils down to well he doesn't look like me so i don't know if i'm fucking with him like that Mm. You, you and i we didn't have any of that like you said there was that common interest and that's what mattered more than anything else 
Yeah. And out of that became, you know, it was a, a, a finished project, a project that I hadn't, I had struggled to get finished with, you know, anybody else. I mean, and this is including people that look like me. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's far more than just a racial issue. It, at the end of the day, it boils down to humanism issue. Right. You know, and that's, that's, that's a, yo, I mean, that's a, it may not happen this generation. It may not even happen. You know, we may start to actually see the tangible changes, you know, a generation or two from now. But at least, the you know, the work starts now. Well, dude, I I can't tell you, like, how much that means to me to hear you say that. I really appreciate it. And I, I honestly, when, when Black Lives Matter hashtag started blowing up and everyone kind of telling me what to do and this and that, I've just been like... In my heart, it's like the thought was like black lives have always mattered to me. Like, this is this is not new to me. Like, I've yeah. always, always cared about everyone like this. Like, especially the black community because of all the shit I've learned in history, and and just no, no. Like, I I, I will support it obviously because you know behind behind that hashtag is, you know, the meaning of what I feel, right? Like, of course they matter. Like, they, they always have. But I feel like people just need to, like, kind of boil things down and then get behind a, a saying and go for it. But I just, yeah. I, I've always kind of, it's kind of graded on me a little bit because I'm like, no, like, I want the hashtag Black Lives Have Always Mattered to Me. And why the fuck should we be going almost in reverse? Um and right. I, I thought we were making progress over here. I thought we were making super progress. And then yeah. out comes 13th. And I watched 13th and I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. What the absolute, ab- what, what the actual fuck is going on when guys are getting pegged as free men for stupid little crimes thrown in for life prison. So it's just business as usual, but now they're wearing a white and black striped outfit fit and yet, and put them right back to work dude i i was i was fucking livid and and i've always been always been just over passionate about people being outrightly racist and and i've i've really just lost my shit with them but but i just think like i just love being able to talk to you and and this is just so meaningful to me to to be able to hear your perspective on things because you know, I was raised in a white community. I was raised in a white religion. It, you know, it, it tolerated uh, different different races. Sure, it tolerates it, but it's <laughs> not like yeah. yeah, it's not like oh no, like everyone's equal. You know, there there's like a in this religion there's there's a black god, there's a Chinese god, there's a Polynesian god, and they all meet in council, and they're all gods up there, and they're all supporting each race equally and there's this great beautiful harmony you know and I thought that's kind of what I always thought my religion was um in some some weird way right like because how the fuck could God be racist or how could he ever play games with skin color um that is supposed to love us and anyway so now he's completely out the door for me like God's not even he doesn't mean anything to me or she, or it, it's, it's, the human race is, is everything to me now, you know, and frankly, I feel like we are a little bit overpopulated on this earth, I feel like, 
a little responsible for for uh, how many chickens a week we kill just to eat, you know, like just my family. I'm like, man, we go through about ten chickens of ten chickens a week to to, oh, wow. to live. Yeah, yeah, dude. And I'm all like, all right. So how can we like reduce our our feeding, our eating, like it, these animals? Like how can we how can we make this world a better place? Yeah. And um and God, man, like th- those religions really want you to just just run out into the world and have a bunch of kids like there's no problem and without realizing that like we are we are growing faster than we're dying and before we know it we're going to be at 10 billion. And mm-hmm. and how many chickens a week is are the world going to have to produce of that? How much grain and food is going to have to be produced and distributed and delivered and then that delivery causes all this carbon and increase of yeah i mean the world it just like doesn't need to cook so hot um if people would just chill the fuck out you know and mm-hmm. but yeah, so totally. my my uh exploration in sweden is definitely is is really motivated at, at equality at human rights and i feel like sweden is at the cutting edge is a hundred years ahead of america in so many fields and especially in human rights. And mm-hmm. and I've never felt more free in my whole life than living here. Wow. I've never felt more free, Norman. Yeah, it's so it's so in- interesting that, you know, America has been kind of the standard of, you know, human human rights and freedom and all this other stuff, but, you know, I can tell you, you know, as a black person, you know, and I've, I've, I've had a pretty incredible life. I've experienced, you know, quite a, quite a few things that, you know, you know, maybe the average person have not experienced. I, I would, I would go out on a limb to say, and yet, and still, I see that, you know, having traveled to other countries and seeing how, you know, having been a traveler myself and seeing how things are, are going, I've actually never been to Sweden per se. But I've been to other countries that I, I you know, I walk around and there's just a feeling, you know, even as a black man and, you know, maybe a largely, you know, homogenous country of white people. And there is still this like, all right, well, I'm not, you know, I don't feel like I'm a target or something, one mm. wrong nudge. And, you know, I'm, I'm like back against the wall on the ground or dead. Wow. You know what I mean? And it, it's so, it's so, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, America has that. We've had that, like, you know, thing going on for so many generations, but I feel like now that that veil is starting to um, starting to rip apart. And how timely, because you know, we we had so many years of, you know, we had eight years, two terms of a black president, and, and it seemed like, you know, when he was when Obama was in office, you know, a lot of the overt racism was still kind of simmering, and it was coming out in certain ways, but it seemed like all hell broke loose when. You know, and it, it who's in the office now is a totally opposite, um, you know, of what Obama stood for. And I feel like a lot of that is, you know, and don't get me wrong, like I'm not even putting any pressure or strain or blame on our presidents, but I feel like the administration and the people that are behind that are the most important it has really nothing to do with the actual figurehead mm-hmm. you know because you see the breakdown of you know this particular administration and all this stuff that's happening now and actually what's being done to you know by the government 
or you know from the support of the government to actually you know kind of uh squash a lot of the stuff that has been persistent for many years i mean you have like i said businesses or corporations that are like you know what forget this we you know people are tired you know and once again this isn't this is including white people that know like this is this is all bullshit. Like we're tired of the same conversations, the same thing. Like we need, you know, we need a change. We need to trans. We need to transcend this shit because it's it's ridiculous. It is. It is absolutely ridiculous. Period. Dude, you know, I so, I ha- you you got me, man. I mean, I voted with my feet. I moved out because I said fuck you guys. Like. <laughs> Uh, for now, anyway, you know what I mean. I had no yeah, idea any of this know, shit was. And honestly, I'm like, I, you know, I'm, I'm almost, you know, I was actually talking about that with my girl, my significant other, my girlfriend the other day, and I'm like, you know, because she's South African, and I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm, I, I'm, one, I'm like one foot in, one foot out, you know, because I, you know, at some point, I love where I am, like I, you know. I, want to be able to say i love my country i love but but the things that this country has done to to my people and even myself i just it's 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 a lot to bear you know at times and you know i want to be where you know i'm i'm i feel at home and i'm embraced and i want me to be there they celebrate me you know what i mean dude those good Um, old sirens man that's bringing me back to la right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm sorry the night night you're fine dude the sirens are different here in sweden it's actually kind of nice to have a different sound uh their their emergency lights are only blue so it's it's kind of a it's kind of a cool cool shift on things you know you just it's it's just really nice and what you were thinking about that and i thought and i know we're over time and i know you have something else coming up and i'm so sorry yeah i gotta get with the fam in a minute yeah, I just just a couple quick questions and then maybe just button it up and and I would obviously love to have you back on the show so we can kind of kind of keep digging into things with uh, uh some more plot point or plot oh, points sure. but some more, you know, some more points uh that I think you would um uh, people would benefit to hear for, from your opinion on but um mm-hmm. what so what if I if I was black <clears throat> and tell me what you think about this. If I was black right now, I I would think the best route for me is to move to Africa. Huh. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? What how does how does that strike you? Um well I have a couple of thoughts on that. I mean I feel like I mean you just said as... South Africa is like part of your the Swedish term is sambu, your your live your ex, uh, your girlfriend that you live with. Anyway, they call him mm-hmm. sambu. Anyway, so Yeah. Yeah. Um I you know I have I have a couple thoughts on that. One being that you know it's a shame that black people would even have to, you know, wonder about moving back to Africa after our ancestors have literally died to make this country what it is. There's a lot of well. I mean, America is a it's a beautiful country. I mean, I've had the the opportunity to drive across it. You know, I've literally traversed this country. You know, a few times. You know, on you know by land. Um, road trips and whatnot and it's a beautiful country and you know there's a lot of great great things um, aesthetically about America and it's such a it's so unfortunate that we would have to even think about moving out of something that we built you know our our ancestors built and we can't really reap the benefits of that mm-hmm. however you know on the flip side to that 
based on, you know, what happened with slavery and all of that, I mean, would we even be here <laughs> if that didn't happen? <laughs> we would be right. in some place, you know, in Africa enjoying our, you know, our culture. I mean, it's interesting because I see people here that are like, that, you know, they come from another country and, you know, they're like, oh, well, you know, they use that term. I want to, you know, I'm going to go home. Mm. And they know where home is. They know where, you know, when they go home, they can trace their grandmother and their grand, you know, they know for generations way back how they got to where they are. And that really makes a difference in how people live their lives. I mean, I've seen that, you know, with me, I can't do that because as far as I go back is, you know, my great grandparents and, you know, they obviously, you know, my, my lineage from both my father and my mother, you know, began in the South, in the Southern states, Mm. which most black, most of the black people that, that live here in the States, you know, they, you know, we got our, our start from the South because we are descendants of who? Slaves. So, you know, I say all that to say, although it's, I feel like it would be a shame to just up and leave a country that, you know, has a lot of promise, has a lot of beauty, has a lot of, you know, great things that we could say about America, but it's just been scarred with so much bullshit that I'm like, you know what, I'm over it. I mean, Africa's a great country, no, fuck that. What am I saying? Africa's not a country. It's a continent. I know. What the fuck am I talking about now? Africa's a great continent. You know what I mean? You have right. great countries like Ghana and South Africa. And, you know, even you go to Northern Africa, Morocco and, uh, you know, Tunisia and all these places. You know what I mean? Um, mm. That I'm like, well, hell, if, you know, we don't want to have the conversations and people want to, you know, be on their same opinions, well... I, I can I can move around. I certainly can move around and go to an environment where I'm welcomed. Yeah, you know, and then people when I walk out when I walk out in the streets, I see billboards that have you know that I'm represented. Mm. Know, I, can, I can see people that look like me, and I feel the love and and everything that you know I, everyone deserves. Mm. You know, no matter what color you are. Yeah, I mean that's that's. That's tough, dude. I mean, oh, I want to explore that more. I know we're so out of time, but I love I love your input on that, and we yeah, we, we will do this again. Uh, that, yeah. I, I'm going to force you to do it, even if you don't want to. You have to do this. <laughs> Just All kidding. Right, You're like, see, see, this is this is what I'm talking about. People force me to do shit I don't want to. No, no, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but I just... This has just been so nice, and there's almost... It's never enough time, but... Uh, um, Anyway, but so, so just, if you can just give us a 30 second, uh, for people that are struggling, particularly, I I guess I don't want to say particularly white people, but just anyone that's struggling with knowing where they stand and what they can do, but they've in small things, right? We want, we don't want to overextend ourselves and, and then, and then get really upset that we, we gave too much, you know, what, what are just, what would you think for our listeners? Just like just simple things they can do with their lives that that will uh, improve the situation it's starting with you know in a nutshell of what i've a lot of what i've talked about today is starting with the mindset it's starting with your attitude towards um racism you know there's a lot of time a lot of times people get defensive quite naturally because it's like well i haven't necessarily done anything to you know black people so like i'm one of the good ones and it's like it's not about that it's about understanding that you know we are all even black people we're all victims of this this system that has not been good to humankind 
you know so when you understand that aspect and you you start to move from yes my ancestors did some fucked up shit however you know i'm an ally like i i understand that you are a human being i'm a human being and we're going to work together to eradicate all of this there is no superiority there is no you're better than me and your skin needs to be like me to be you know we need to, to to really actually buck at the standards that have been shoved down our throats you know from certain people that w- would like to keep this power structure if you will in place so i would just say in a nutshell understanding and and being able to have the conversation and really hear when black people are telling you about certain things you know with um you know, with their heart, and it may, it may, nine times out of ten, it will be kind of hard to swallow, I mean, if, if, you know, you may feel attacked, you may feel, well, wow, you know, you're talking to me, and you're saying you're people, and blah, 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 well, you have to understand that black people have been under a lot of pain, a lot of stress, a lot of trauma, so we have no outlet but to be like, yes, I am angry, and rightfully so, and you know what, you should be angry that another human being has been treated for so long like they're not a human being, that's fucking ridiculous excuse my expression i try not to you know really go there when i'm you know having these discussions because i want to keep it you know where everybody can understand but bottom line like it is time out for this bullshit so i implore everyone especially white people have those tough conversations it's gonna be tough for you but it, it's necessary if we really 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 say in our hearts we want shit to change we gotta have them we gotta mm. listen we gotta open our hearts to understanding what's really going on and then we can start to we can start to move from because i don't have all the answers but they'll come when we get to get to a collective understanding that this has to stop yeah and so you and so it sounds like just rephrasing what you said it just sounds like just being able to have open conversations about things and keeping it as a very uh open uh collaborative uh uh, position to, or or direction to take on things, where you're yes. where you're constantly trying to kind of mold something out of this, rather than just have it hit you over the head and be like, okay, I'll give twenty bucks to this charity, fine, you know, like bang, bang, bang. It's like no, like like actually have conversations, go out of your way, ask people what they're going through, you know, and if you and then yeah. I would I would bet that there's white people that don't even. Unfortunately, we had a technical difficulty and I dropped out um, the recording the last little bit. But um, what I go on to say is that I doubt a lot of white people have black friends even that they can strike up conversations with. And we kind of talk about that a little bit. But um, it's it's uh, I just want to just reiterate from what we did say in the conversation that did get cut out is that it, that I think what Norman's saying and what I think too is that you know simple things, simple steps can be taken towards a better world, a better way of looking at things, um, and not enormous steps uh, because they're not sustainable. I think and um, and it is it is kind of hard to feel like you know, well, this is kind of contrived here if I'm going to go make a relationship with someone that's black just because they're black. Um, But there are things you can do, I think, if you don't want to feel like you're making contrived friendships, is that you just simply treat people, 
you know, as equal as, as possible. And not everyone, uh, I don't like every white person on earth, you know, I mean, I, just because someone's my same race doesn't mean I have to go and like them and invite them over for dinner and invite them into my life and ask them if I can be a part of their life. And, you know, there is, there is not like this serious need to have like this big kumbaya around the campfire thing with everyone, but there is a very important need to just not shut doors and to not inflict violence on people and, and snub people just because of their race, especially when their race has been uh, severely disadvantaged from the beginning of the United States formation and and then continually perpetuated into its maturation as a country. But anyway, uh, there's there's no answer, I guess, that I have. And Norman did touch then on that here in the end that there's no answer, but we just, we do need to just continue to keep talking and allow this to, to go somewhere and not continue in violence and, 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 you know, like on the offensive and the defensive, um, that we have, that we have some sort of, uh, some sort of peace offering from both sides, I think would be a hell of a start on a better world, but anyway, so, um, but, uh, so that's a little bit of what we talked about dropping out, and Norman did refer us all to where he can be found on social media, you can find him at, uh, II on Instagram, he said he's fine with being, uh, contacted, and, and, um, been able to connect with him or follow him social media and then through his social media you'll be able to be directed to his projects that he's working on films on and miniseries you'll be able to see some of the things that him and I filmed together uh and just really it's uh he's a very dynamic really amazing person and it's just a privilege to know him, and I'm glad I was able to introduce you to him uh, through this podcast. But anyway, so um, I think that about covers it, and I really appreciate having Norman on the show, and we will have him on again. And um, again, I'm talking quiet because it is so late here in Sweden, and when we, you know, when it's a good time to record. It's it's always just difficult to get this all in, but at least we're doing it, and I'm I'm super grateful and glad that it's happening, and I'm glad to all you listening in, um, supporting this podcast and being a part of this uh, kind of um, just developing uh, developing something that we're doing, and um, if you have any questions regarding things, uh, you can always message me at Latter Day Disillusionment on uh, on Instagram and uh, it's just a pleasure to a pleasure to lend your ear for an hour and a half or so so alrighty well we will see you guys on the next episode and thank you very much for tuning in you take care okay this should work now <laughs>